Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. Hi everyone, this is your host Meenu Sareen with another episode of the podcast Blockchain Hustle. Now in a few of my earlier episodes under the tokenomic series, I had referred to liquidity and liquidity pool. In today's episode, I would delve a little bit deeper into the liquidity pool. As a quick recap as to what is a liquidity pool, liquidity pool is basically a collection of funds and assets. So in its basic form, a single liquidity pool would have an equal value of a token pair, which means that if I were to take an example, if we have an Ether dive token pair in the pool, and if the price of Ether, one Ether is equal to $1,000, it would mean that the pool would have 1,000 die, die being a stable coin. For every one Ether, there would be 1,000 die. And in other words, for every 1,000 die, there would be one Ether. This equal value is very important and uh, the thing is that it reflects the global market price. If the price of Ether changes, let's say from $1,000 to something else, the quantity of Ether and DAI in the pool would also change. Because if it does not change, then it leaves the door open for arbitrage traders. Arbitrage is the process in which uh, people, the traders, they would buy at one exchange and sell it at another exchange and they would take the profits over the price difference across the different exchanges. And when they do that, the liquidity providers to that liquidity pool, uh, they are going to fare, uh, have losses. So that is why the quantity of the token pair in your pool would change to reflect the global market price. So let me share how it changes. Let me share this through an example. Now, before I start on this example, uh, I am citing one example from an article in the Medium, and it's uh, written by the Juan SC. That article is titled as, we need to talk about liquidity pools in DeFi. And it's a very well-written, very articulated and very um, informed article, very informative. And I would highly recommend you to read it. I've picked up an example from the same article. Now, let's say you have a liquidity pool which has got two tokens, token A and token B. The quantity of token A is X and the quantity of token B is Y. And for this example, I'm taking up an algorithm x into y is equal to k, which is your constant. Now, if you recollect in one of my earlier episodes uh, under the same series of tokenomics, that episode was titled Automated Market Makers. I had mentioned that the AMMs use an automated algorithmic approach to price the tokens. And a very often quoted, cited example of such an algorithm is x into y is equal to k. So picking the same for this example, I have here x into y is equal to k. And to put across that 
there is an equal value of the tokens in the pair of A and B, you'll have the total value of the token A in the pool is equal to the total value of the token B in the pool, which mathematically would be that the quantity of token A multiplied by the price of token A would be equal to the quantity of token B multiplied by the price of token B. So equal value and a liquidity constant. Now let's say the price of Ether, which was $1,000, it changes to $4,000. So what happens to the liquidity pool? Does it remain the same? That is, does it remain 10 Ether and 10,000 die? Or does the quantity of the Ether and die in the pool change to reflect the global market price? So as I earlier mentioned, if the pool does not change its contents, it would open the door for the arbitrage traders. So here in this particular pool, if it is, if it doesn't change, the traders, the arbitrage guys would come, they would pick up ether from here because it's cheaper and they would put in more dye, pile in more dye into the pool and they would sell it at the other exchanges where the ether reflects a global price. So what happens is that in this process, the liquidity providers of this particular pool will face a loss. So to reflect this global market price of Ether as $4,000 now, the pool would change the quantities of Ether and dye that it holds. And what would be the new quantity? Well, that again, we have to get back to our maths, mathematics. And if you put it into, put, uh, use the two equations of the liquidity constant and the equal value, you do the maths, you will figure it out that the new pool would have five ethers and 20,000 die. Then this pool reflects the new market price of ether, which is $4,000. So you see, that is how the liquidity pool operates. Now, when we are talking about the liquidity pools, there are a couple of things that I would like to mention as the risks of the liquidity pool. One of them, of course, is your volatility losses because the crypto tokens, they are very volatile. The second one that I would like to share a little bit more in detail is something called an impermanent loss. So what is this impermanent loss? And I revert back to that example, which is cited in that Medium article. So let's say you have an investor, Anna, and Anna deposits one ether and a thousand die into the liquidity pool. And after her deposit, the liquidity pool gets 10 ether and 10,000 die. Now, if the price of ether is $1,000, what is the value of Anna's deposit? Anna, remember, she has deposited one ether and thousand die, which works out to be $2,000 with the price of ether as thousand bucks. And Anna's share of this liquidity pool is 10%. So that one ether and a thousand die is 10% of the liquidity pool, which has got 10 ethers and 10,000 die. So let's say what happens when the price of ether goes to $4,000. What happens to Anna's share? Now, what happens in this liquidity pool when people are putting in their money 
and increasing the liquidity of the pool is that they can redeem whatever liquidity ha they have put into the pool whenever they want, provided the terms and the conditions of that liquidity pool under that De DeFi decentralized finance protocol is met, they will get the value, they get the value back, the same 10% share or whatever percentage share of the value of the pool at the time they redeem it. So Anna has got a 10% share of the pool. Now let's say when the price hits $4,000 and she wants to redeem it, how much money would she get? So the new pool has got five ethers and 20,000 die. So Anna's 10% share of that, which is now 0.5 ether and an ether of $4,000 and 2,000 die, total is equal to $4,000. So that is her share, her 10% share when the ether price goes to $4,000. So you remember she started with $2,000 and now when the price of Ether has gone to $4,000, she has got a share is equal to $4,000. Now you would say, yes, that's a profit. But let's say instead of putting the money into the liquidity pool, instead of putting her tokens into the liquidity pool, Anna had kept them in a crypto wallet. So if she had kept her tokens in the crypto wallet, what would have, what would be the price of her share? So she had put in one ether and a thousand die, and that was $2,000. With this new price of ether as 4,000, you see her deposit value is equal to $5,000. So an earlier deposit, earlier value of 2,000, has changed to 5,000 if she had kept her money in the crypto wallet. If she keeps it, if she had kept it in the liquidity pool, her value is, the present value of her 10% share is equal to $4,000. So $5,000 if she had kept it in the crypto wallet versus the $4,000 if she were to redeem it from the liquidity pool. So this difference of $1,000 is what is termed as your impermanent loss. So that's all I wanted to share in this episode. Uh, and we have covered about liquidity pool and one of the risks of the liquidity pool, which is the impermanent loss. Liquidity is a very important topic and liquidity pool is a very interesting topic in that. And uh, we can delve a lot deeper into it, but this is it for this episode. I do hope you have found it useful and informative. And I hope to look forward to see you in my next episode. Till then, stay safe. Cheers. You've been listening to the Blockchain Hustle. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, please do leave a short review, like it, share it, download it, subscribe to it. What should I talk about next? Please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at minu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes. Thanks.